Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Palmer bet on the edge of the box. Oh, it's a straight up screamer. Download our app today and enjoy straight up screamers this FIFA World Cup with great odds, great promos and same game multi at Palmerbet. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1-800-858-858. Let's look back on a topsy-turvy and at times fiery Friday night of football as Geelong once again emerged as a premiership contender following their 13-point win over the Western Bulldogs. Coming up, we'll hear from both coaches and our experts as we analyse what it all means and eulogise the man who started and finished off the Bulldogs, Jeremy Cameron. Jeremy Cameron for the Cats first, that's good. Cameron on the move, opens it up and hooks the kick through for his second. Norton at full forward as the Dogs search for their first. He's out across the face of goal. Further evidence as to how flat the Dogs are right now, Jonesy. Yeah, absolutely. I think they've almost been spooked by the pressure of the the Cats. Loose ball, Cameron off the ground this time. He's kicking them from everywhere and in every way. This has been one of the all-time great displays by the Cats, just totally out-muscling the Bulldogs, pressuring, breaking down their game. Hands it off to Bontempelli. It's almost within range. 55 metres of glory on the kick. Exactly what was needed. And who else but Marcus Bontempelli. Low ball for Norton. It crept through to Carmus. I think what we're seeing is the dogs are getting so much territory and they're not capitalising necessarily from an efficiency point of view going inside 50. But what it is, Geelong have got to get the ball from so deep in defence down to their forward line. The dogs' defensive structures are allowing them to intersect and also giving them great opportunities on the rebound. Liberatore first crack and second. Got it from the cone. It's headed back to goal and it gets there. For mine, it's just the time in forward half. The, the, the wall was going to break at some stage. They just kept sending it back in. It was bound to happen. They are cutting their own throats right now, the Cats. They, they look like they got stage fright. Bailey Smith has been reported for headbutting Zach Tui in that three-quarter time melee. He's going to be playing next week, uh, next time. He's just got to put his head down and get these four points because uh, they're going like winners right now, the Dogs. Something has got to change for the Cats for them to get across the line. Cam Guthrie on the spillage. Keith couldn't handle it. Rowan onto the loose ball. Hawkins will mark it in the square. and The Cats will get a goal at last. Handball to Dale. He's within striking range and fires it through. From 45 out, the dogs are coming again. He looked like he was going to have the night of his life when he kicked three in the first quarter. Hasn't added to that. But here and now, he can kick a vital shot. He's nursed it. He's got it. Four goals from an animated Jeremy Cameron. The decisive player to provide the deciding moment from 48 metres out. Cameron kicks his sixth and the Cats will make landfall. How far can the Cats go and just how impactful will that loss be for the Doggies? We'll hear from Chris Scott and Luke Beveridge shortly 
and also discuss the injury to Tom Stewart and ask if Bailey Smith is facing time on the sidelines after his apparent headbutt to Zach Tui. It certainly didn't take Geelong very long to assert its authority and what was a barnstorming start to Friday night football underlined by extreme tackling pressure. On top in the middle with Stanley matching English, Jeremy Cameron ran rampant, kicking three of the six unanswered goals racked up by the Cats against the disjointed Bulldog side who couldn't hit a target and blew the few chances they had. Atkins was throwing his weight around and getting under the skin of the dogs and Duncan gave the Cats plenty of drive. The only downside for Geelong was a possible concussion to Tom Stewart after an incident on the wing which would ultimately see him subbed off. An early second quarter goal to Hawkins saw the Cats get out to a 40-point lead. But it would be their last goal for 60 minutes of match time as the Bulldogs gradually clawed their way back. A Bontempelli special got things started. It took their time to capitalise on the change in momentum, which was often started by the likes of Liberatore, McRae and Smith. But by halftime, it was back to a four-goal ball game. And that lead was reduced to just 11 points at the final break as the Dogs actually looked the better team and Geelong's early decisive ball use was replaced by bad decisions and execution by foot and hand. Tensions boiled over after the three-quarter time siren with Tom Atkins again the subject of much aggression but it was Bailey Smith who went into the book for that apparent headbutt on Zach Tui who was left with a mark on his forehead. In the final term, the Dogs again threatened, but it was the weaponry up forward for the Cats which ultimately prevailed, something the Bulldogs sadly lacked. First it was Hawkins, and then Jeremy Cameron again. On three occasions he stepped up to seal the deal, one with a wonderful tackle and conversion. Cameron's six goals, taking him to the top of the Coleman medal. The Dogs lost despite having nine more inside 50s, mainly as a result of having seven more centre clearances. But ultimately, it was the Cats' pressure around the ball. They won the contest and did much more with the football, at least in the first and final terms. Jack McRae had 33 disposals. In fact, the Bulldogs had the three biggest ball winners on the ground. Bailey Dale with 31. Caleb Daniel with 30 coming out of defence relentlessly. And, of course, Liberatore with his 30 disposals and two goals. Mitch Duncan had the most of it for the Cats with 29. And Joel Selwood did plenty of grunt work around the ball, as did Cam Guthrie as the Cats worked their way back. And Reese Stanley also did enough at crucial stages, particularly in the final term. Shortly, Chris Scott and Luke Beveridge. But now let's get the views of our AFL Nation expert, Nathan Jones. I was a little let down, to be honest, by the dog's start. There's no doubt about that. And I, on the flip side, the Cats probably played some of the best footy they've played for the year in that first quarter. Um, and then, as we mentioned, it seemed like the Cats were on a sinking ship, but I felt like their maturity to sort of arm wrestle the game back in their favour late and execute under pressure. Obviously, there was an outstanding performance by Jeremy Cameron, and he iced the game really with just beautiful kicking at goal late. But it was a swing of momentum, and a lot of it came around pressure, really. Um, you know, the, the dogs lifted their game during that sort of second and third, and the cats really seemed quite frazzled, couldn't sort of gain any really clean ball movement as we'd saw. The, they were super slick in that first quarter, but after that, they just didn't look likely. But I felt like uh, they sort of raised the bar again and uh, and matched and just took a step or two ahead of the dogs in the last. There's a couple of key players. We, re- we mentioned Reece Stanley. I thought he was terrific. 
it looked to me that Duncan in particular was patrolling that centre corridor and they were trying to sort of, uh, you know, use him as an anchor point to, uh, you know, create some more flow on their ball movement. And obviously, we've already mentioned, he'd been, he, and he'd been mentioned a lot in the post game, how, how good a night Jeremy uh, Cameron had and uh, he was terrific in front of goal. So now let's hear from the winning coach, Geelong's Chris Scott. It was a really good win against uh, a very good opposition who outplayed us for big parts of the night. So obviously getting off to a good start um, and getting a bit of a buffer there was very helpful. Um, but on our side, the last four to six weeks, we've been pretty undermanned and we've been really impressed as a coaching group and a club with the resilience of the guys that have been out there. So specifically, we were really going into this game with one key defender, um, with Jake Collajasny going out due to the health and safety protocols. So, and it was going to be a great battle no matter what against Norton and DeConning. We were always going to go that way. But then when we lost our best player at quarter time, it looked like um, being a real challenge for that back half because we knew throughout the course of the game with the quality the Bulldogs had around the ball that they were going to have their moments and the ball was going to go forward um, with some precision at times. And it was going to put our defenders under pressure. So, but, and not, not just the defenders, as you say, I thought we... We're outplayed, but we're able to maintain our composure and hang in there enough to, um, you know, I shouldn't say give ourselves a chance because I think we're in front the whole night. But I think for big parts of the game, it felt to us in the coach's box as if we'd lost control. So it was a stressful night. To, to keep them to, I think, it was 36% scoring rate when they entered their 450, is that, and after, obviously, Tom going down so early, is that one of the more pleasing aspects of the game? Yeah, I think it, it speaks to the quality of our defenders down there, um, especially De Conning on you know, probably I mean, he's, in the, he's in the conversation for the best key forwards in the comp in Norton. Um, yeah, without Stewart. Um, and I think they are quite precise with the way they use the ball um, going inside 50. So sometimes what that can um, lead to, oh, it looks really good or it doesn't work at all is, is the point I'm trying to make. So that, that may be is the reason that number is what it is. Chris, did you see this breakout coming from DeConning? Coming up probably his best game of his career last week. Man, one of the best forwards in the comp this week. Where's, where's this sort of come from? I feel like I've been speaking about it a bit recently, which is good, because he had a really good pre-season um, and trained exclusively as a key back, which wasn't the case um, the... 12 months before that and it's been a really difficult time for um, any AFL player who hasn't been in the senior team every week because the lower levels have just been decimated and it's been hard to get some continuity I think there is an argument that he's playing the way he is because he got some experience as a key forward um, as, a, as a ruckman but, but over the last whatever it is six months I think the specificity in what he's been doing um, has really helped but I, I didn't expect it. We were going to play him round one. We thought he showed really nice composure there and didn't look out of his depth. Um, but he's really accelerated from there you know, to the point where, um, you know, like, I don't know. what. A, when young key defenders, young players in particular, um, come into... But, but mainly key position players, they come into the AFL. Um, most of them haven't played against men before, so it's a big step up. Uh, and, and so there was a little bit of a learning curve for him but yeah, I think our development coaches James Kelly's doing a lot of work with him back there Matty Egan, Harry Taylor but most of the credit should go to Sam there's no doubt about that
A critical battle tonight was always going to be between Sam De Koning and Aaron Norton. And it was De Koning who completely blanketed Norton, who managed just one goal. He won the one-on-one -on -one battles and got the help when it was needed. And it only strengthens his case for the Rising Star Award. And after the game, he joined our team on AFL Nation. How'd you find your first matchup with Aaron Norton? Yeah, it was good. It was good to be out there against such a good player. And, um, yeah, it was, it was, I'm just happy that all the preparation um, went to plan and I played my role and we got the win for the give, team. Give us a bit of a feel for what, 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 what sort of preparation did you do to ready yourself for it? A uh, combination of just vision. Uh, we, we like to look at a lot of vision and, um, and uh, as well as just some, some things I can do on the field at main training that I just worked on, particularly Harry Taylor helping with a few things because um, I think he's played on him before. He's a good one to, to have guide you, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, definitely. He's been a huge mentor for me. He's taught me pretty much everything I know. So, um, yeah, I can't thank H enough for helping me out. What was the focus, Sam, with the team tonight? It looked like, uh, you know, the pressure that you guys brought last week against Adelaide. That's almost the cornerstone of your game. And then off the back of that rebound and just slick ball movement into those big forwards. Yeah, definitely. Pressure's a huge part of our game. We've got some uh, a pretty pretty good beasts in the middle who can who can lay a tackle. So applying pressure's the the key and then and then just trying to get it on our terms, play our game, get the ball moving forward and um, get it into our key forwards because they're they're really damaging. So the Cats are 8-4 and four heading into the bye. And after three consecutive wins and a second-half season, which includes matches against the West Coast Eagles twice and North Melbourne as well, they look well-positioned to make a charge again into September. The Dogs, on the other hand, are still 8 at 6-6, six and six, but likely to be displaced shortly. So let's hear from the coach, Luke Beveridge. Obviously, they were pretty good in, in the clinches early. And, uh, you know, we took a backward step from what we'd been producing in that early part of the game and uh, obviously really proud of the boys after that you know the way that they dug in and, and we played some pretty good footy without capitalising uh, created enough opportunities without uh, connecting well enough and even uh, you know, just kicking that extra goal or two just to get us get our noses in front um, you know, but to their credit they steadied and and, uh, and held sway. So uh, I don't think we ran out of energy. Yeah, I don't think we ran out of juice in the comeback. But, um, yeah, we'll, we'll learn uh, a pretty harsh lesson from that first quarter. Can you sort of put your finger on why you started so flat? Like it's such a great performance last week. Yeah, again, I mean, you probably give them a bit of credit for their vigour. And, um, and you know, there's only small margins, um, you know, in that sort of in the centimetres in the game around the contest and uh, there were some loose footies at ground level there were some aerials that uh, we weren't quite as, as good at and, uh, and it's only just that game of inches and just that extra intensity from, uh, from them that, uh, that gave them an advantage and, and, and yeah, so when you're able to then Produce something like we did. It's you know it's a shame that it wasn't there right at the start. But you know as I said, um, maybe that they, you know they really uh, they really challenged us on that front. There's, there's no doubt about it. So um, credit their way, and um, uh, we'll uh, we've been a reasonably good starting side most of the year, and it's uh, it's one that we've uh, we've definitely lowered our colours on in that first quarter. What, what was the message at quarter time to try and turn it around? 
Well, we had to make some adjustments. You know, we had to go into a different mode and we had to pull a lever and, and, uh, and change a couple of things. And, uh, and that worked for us. But uh, in some ways, when you do that, you, you rob Peter a little bit. And, um, and so, you know, in the, in the forward-half turnover game, when, when you actually um, you manage to get it in there and, and your contest is a hell of a lot better when it comes out... Um, you know, you're in reasonable nick, but um, you know we, we just we had enough chances, we just didn't take them, so it really worked for us right to the end. And um, we've been in that mode before. It's just that we didn't really want to have to go into it tonight. Plenty of issues then for Luke Beveridge, and one of them is Bailey Smith. Let's get the flinch reaction to his report from Nathan Jones and Jared Waitley. The three-quarter time melee. Um, Bailey Smith's been reported for headbutting, and there is a there's a damning mark on the forehead of Zach Tui, which is sort of unmissable in the aftermath. He's standing there doing an interview, and your eyes are absolutely drawn to it. Um, I don't fancy Bailey Smith's chances of no. playing the next time the Bulldogs do. Oh, no, it's uh, oh, we were saying it before. It's, it's when you look at it back, the incident as a whole, and then you then consider. He's absolutely forcefully made contact, and uh, yeah, it's I can't see that ending well at all. How will it be assessed, Jared? Do you think? I don't know. You could end up getting referred directly to the tribunal, or or they could put it in the scale. I'd almost expect it to be the tribunal. Yeah, it's it's after after the siren, and it, I think you could get referred directly. And at that stage, I reckon you're looking at multiple weeks. Yeah. So. It'd be really interesting to see on more camera angles and the like, but if you, we just keep seeing Zach Tui with his mark on his head, and you know, well, that's not going to play well at all. So all in all, a very disappointing night for the dogs, but a sweet one for the cats. Plenty to talk about further with the boys on Crunch Time ahead of another big weekend of footy on AFL Nation. When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli. So we doubled it. Chicken and Maccas, together and loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30am for a limited time only.